What's up, everybody? Welcome to Geek Scott Game, the Geekiverse's all video gaming podcast. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me today, my co-host, as always, Mr. Jeff Pavlak. What's up, Jeff? It is good to be back. It is good to be back. It's been about a month uh, since we have recorded, probably a little more than that. A um, little bit of a summer hiatus here. We had E3, we had a, a show after that, and then uh, it's really my fault. Uh, I was out of town for basically all of July, did a lot of driving um, I put thousands of miles on my car. Life happens, man. So it's the summer. We're busy. It's good. It's a refresh. I am refreshed. I'm ready to go here from here on out until the fall, all the way through the, the holiday gaming season here. So uh, thank you for your patience. Thank you for coming back to Geek Scott Game. We're going to start the show as we always do. We'll catch up here, and we've got quite a list for each of us. Um, and as always, we want you in the conversation. Go to facebook.com slash thegeekiverse. Tell us What's in your system? What are you playing on your video game console, your handheld? Jeff, why don't you tee us off? Give me one game you're playing right now or have played in the last month. I'm still going through Super Mario Maker 2. Ah, I, I, which I'm, we have not talked about yet on this right. show. Uh, and I'm hooked. I really, really, really like this one, um, in part because it is such a versatile game where if you never want to touch that level creation tool, there's still hours upon hours of content in there for you. And I talked about this extensively in my review for the Geekiverse. Um, if you never want to make a level of your own, that's fine. There is more than enough pre-made content in there. And it's so easy to download levels online that you can still find plenty of fun in there without ever actually touching that level creation tool. On the other hand, if you want to get super creative and let your imagination soar, there are so, so many different options you have in there. Just the, the possibilities are endless, and we've seen that with what people have made online. the The community for this game is stupidly creative and imaginative. So I'm not at all creative. I'm not a <laughs> world builder when it comes to video games. I, I um, trust any, me, I'm not as good as I thought I was either. <laughs> anything close to it, even stuff as simple as like tower defense. Like I'm not good at positioning stuff. I just it's not for me. But reading your review kind of. Uh, piqued my interest because it, like you said you could enjoy this game and really not ever put a level or put the pen to paper if you yeah, will no you never have to uh, so that's big for me uh, I know Tom uh, was also enjoying this quite a bit he was playing that a lot uh, which I mean they'll kind of tie into uh, the the headliner topic which we'll talk to towards the end of the show uh, but kind of the ethics of some of the levels that have been created for uh, for Mario Maker here oh yeah, there's been some really uh, there's been some doozies that yeah. have gone up online. I, it's what I've seen, so I, I can't wait to get to that, but uh, stick around later on if you've been playing Mario Maker and want to get in on that conversation. Um, I'm going to lead off with kind of the heavy hitter for me, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. This is uh, one of my most anticipated games of the year. Uh, right from the moment it was announced last December at the Game Awards, and I'm, I'm having a ball. I got to tell you, um, I, I don't... A lot of people have asked me if you should buy a, a Switch for this game. Like, if you don't have a Switch, would you go out and get one to play this? I would say no. It is a really uh, fun experience. It's a good game. It certainly helps if you really enjoy Marvel. If you don't enjoy Marvel, if you don't really care, if you're lukewarm, again, you, you will not enjoy this as much as, say, I, I do. Because I, I just love I love the MCU. I love everything Marvel right now. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite things going on. So, um, very deep roster. Probably could be deeper, but we're going to get some more DLC shortly. Uh, we're going to get some Fantastic Four. But right now, I mean, you've got everyone. You've got Guardians. You've got Avengers, uh, X-Men, including Deadpool. It's a fun story. I like the art style. It fits for the Switch. 
I would venture to say that looking back, the Ultimate Alliance 2 on 360 probably looks better. But uh, on the handheld version of the Switch, this game looks good. On your TV, it, it's okay. Yeah. That's not the point of this game, though. It's it's really about leveling up, picking your four hero squad, finding the ones that mesh best together, and trying these combinations to get past levels. Because I'm at the point in the game, I'm very deep in the game, I've gone through almost all the worlds, and I'm struggling to find certain combinations. But you have to find the right one, and you have to level up the right characters and spend your experience points wisely. So there's a nice level of customization, but nothing that goes too overboard which could overwhelm me as a gamer i hate unfortunately have not been able to get to this game yet so what i've wanted to ask you after you've played it now the roster is pretty big as you said yeah do the characters all feel distinct from one another or do they start to blur at a certain point no they definitely feel distinct okay Um, good the the style is relatively similar in how they control right but uh every superhero has their melee attack their heavy attack, and then four special abilities. Uh, that are completely different from one another. Exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. And they are all graded from A being the best to F the worst yeah. in terms of damage, in terms of okay. your ability to stun an opponent, for example. And they're all over the board. Right. All over. Uh, I mean, you could have taken the Hulk all the way through the game if you want, and he's obviously a brute. He's a strong character. Then you could have... Um, uh, Elsa Bloodstone, who's more of like a, a sharpshooting character, not someone I was familiar with uh, right. before playing this game. And then you've got everything in between. You've got some of your characters who are good at everything, like Deadpool. Um, the, the Guardians kind of fit well together. It's it's really fun to play out. I think my current squad is uh, Storm, Black Panther, who is just kind of the best. Um, and you unlock when you unlock a character later in the game, they're they're automatically better. So you don't yeah, have to level like, that character right, up yeah. as much. You still have to go. Um, third, I have Doctor Strange. And then fourth has kind of been interchangeable. Um, recently, I've been going back and forth between Elsa. I had the Hulk in there at one point. And then it's it's been a little bit of a, rev- a revolving door. But it's also, you know, last thought here, it's kind of a greatest hits compilation almost. Whereas you, you saw the movie Endgame and it was like, it was celebrating everything in Marvel in the last 10 years in the MCU. You got a little taste of even some of the, the movies that had already come out. You, you retreaded those. That is a little bit what we're seeing here. Like, this is a comic book game, but it's clearly inspired by the MCU. Right. You go to Asgard. You go to nowhere. You're all over the place. You're in uh, the raft in the beginning of the game with Spider-Man and, and some of his cronies. So, like, I'm really enjoying it. Well, really it's cool that it. they also had more characters than what we even saw in the MCU. Like you said, totally. the X-Men already, the Fantastic Four are coming, yeah. um, Bloodstone. You haven't seen him in the MCU. No. Like, you know, there's there's plenty of, uh, you know, characters. Um it's really good. Taskmaster, I believe, is in this, and he's incoming for the MCU, but that's another one we haven't seen. So it's an even bigger roster than what the 10 years worth of movies gave us, and that was already a pretty big Marvel comics. It is unbelievable, and honestly, this DLC, before really knowing too, too much about it, um, is something that I've got on my radar. And that's that's saying a lot for me, because I usually don't purchase a lot of DLC. Uh, so I, I it's $19.99. I'm, I'm looking forward to that when it comes out. And... Uh, it, it's a fun game. It's definitely not without its flaws, but uh, if you enjoy Marvel, you're going to enjoy this game. Do you know what sales have been like for that yet? I don't. I, uh, I know review scores quick. have been a little bit all over the board. Right. Um, I, I've yet to um, review it. I'm going to give it a, a pretty good score. I uh, 
I, I'm curious to know how much it gained from the just end game hysteria. Yeah. And just the, the overall fanfare from the MCU. I think it came out at a perfect time. Right. Well, there's a lot of games out this summer for the Switch. Maybe not the ideal time. Yeah. There's a lot to compete with. I guess. I mean, Marvel's kind of got a special almost priority now because I think it attracts the non-usual typical gamer. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 sales reportedly stronger than expected. This is currently, this is, sorry, courtesy of Dual Shockers. Okay. Uh, I've never played the first two, but I'm going to go back. I think I have the second one. It's been a long time since I touched either of the first two. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure I have the the second one on 360. I want to say it was one of the games with gold games, if not on Game Pass. But that storyline was Civil War. This one is the Black Order, which is Thanos trying to collect all the Infinity Stones. And um, that's you know obviously based not just on the MCU, because the MCU is based on comics and lore before that. But it, it's it's certainly inspired by it, no doubt. Yeah, I, I don't have, just in the very brief amount of time I've done research on this, I'm not seeing any specific numbers, but I'm seeing numerous headlines from various outlets that are suggesting that it had a strong launch as far as sales go. Oh, I, so I, I'm i enjoying good. it. Uh, day, it was a day one purchase. I got to say it's it's good on the handheld, but um, Pro Controller makes a big difference because you button like, mash. Like just about anything. You, you button mash in this game. This is not... Samsara. I, sw- I swear by the Pro Controller on the Switch. Man, uh, it was on sale uh, a week ago. I mean, maybe it was this week, but for... That happens... What's it, what's it normally, 70 Yes, but th- especially on Amazon, it does occasionally go on sale. Because like, wasn't it just a couple months ago that I texted you? I'm like, yo, man, it's 50 you bucks. You did, you did, yeah. It's, <laughs> Grab that it if you want one. Insane. Yeah, if, if you get a Switch, you've, you've got to get one. There's no doubt about it. But, uh, all right. I, I talked a lot about Ultimate Alliance there. Uh, Jeff, you what, else, what else are you playing? Uh, it's not summer for me unless I play at least one full weekend of Splatoon. And so ah. I went back. So I went back to Splatoon to just, such a yeah, such a beloved franchise of mine. It just it feels so perfect for the summer. The whole game they feel like they're set in you know Southern California, Florida. So many of the stages and multiplayer feel like they could be out of a Rocket Power cartoon. I just I love the whole aesthetic and the and the art direction and concept for the games. Um, but especially just a couple of weeks ago, I went back to it because Nintendo hosted the final Splatfest that they were doing for Splatoon 2. They would do these every couple months. They would do a special event throughout a weekend where you choose one side um, and then you play for that side. And based on how you do in your matches, you get points for the team that you chose. And then at the end of it all, whichever team won, um, the who are, the players who picked that team got additional rewards and, and whatnot. Uh, the levels got some new aesthetics. There was like unique, uh, unique um, gear and costumes that you could get when playing these special events. But this was the last one that they were hosting for Splatoon 2, which made some people wonder then, hey, is Splatoon 3 on the way then? But apparently it's not. One of the lead producers really? said, we haven't even started yet. Um, oh, that's surprising. I know. I, I I was definitely a little disappointed to hear that because it's been two years now since Splatoon 2. Yeah, I, I kind of figured maybe the, the wheels would be in motion for that. Right. Um, yeah. Unless maybe they got some DLC on the way. They did have at least one big expansion pass for Splatoon 2 already. Maybe they got something else, but... They're still riding the momentum of the that one. Yeah. Why not, right? Um, just recently, Nintendo updated you know their top-selling games on the Switch. Uh, Splatoon 2 is at over 9 million copies sold. That's, that's great for an exclusive. It's, yeah, it's, especially. It's, it's approaching 10 million. So that's... You, 
you know, you talk about a new IP that Nintendo's going to want to stick in there with Mario, Pokemon, Zelda going forward. Splatoon is it. I think for a gamer like myself who kind of jumped back into Nintendo with the Switch, like that's how I view Splatoon. Like it's one of their... I don't know. I, I guess a core franchise. It has. I, to, I would with, say with those kind of sales numbers, it has to be it, at this. Point. Yeah, they don't have and a especially choice, especially because it's fresh. Perception it's, too. It's, yes, it's a. It was a brand new IP when it launched on the Wii U. Tooth, sorry, two thousand fifteen. I think so. I think was the first one. Sounds about right. It's only a couple. You know, the franchise is only a couple of years old then compared to some of these other ones, which are you know pushing thirty, if not older than that. Yeah. So for a lot of people, it's you know a brand new IP. It's certainly saying a lot. Um. I am, uh, you know, Marvel UA3 was, was something that w- had been on my radar. Also, uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, uh, for, I, I picked it up on Xbox One. I kind of debated on which system I was going to pick it up for. But uh, this is really a new kind of Wolfenstein. It picks up all the mechanics of the first two in this rebooted kind of franchise. And uh, first of all, the storyline is great. The co-op I actually have to dive into yet, but playing one player with my other twin sister really, really works well. We are, ta- um, we are talking the game, right? We are talking the game. Okay, I okay. do not have a twin sister that I know of. <laughs> we'll find out. But yeah, uh, it's, it's really well written out. And it, this had, this couldn't have been easy. This seemed like a almost, uh, almost like DLC for the last Wolfenstein, but it's not, it is its own game, even though it's only a $30 game because they really had to build a lot of mechanics into this to make it work. Uh, the, the, I, w- I won't say it's open world per se, but it's a little more open than you would have seen with one and two less linear. Yeah. Right. Um, you can do a lot of side missions that don't feel stupid. They don't feel worthless or meaningless. There's a whole like hub, isn't there? There's, There's like, a hub. Right. Yeah. That's where I'm at now. I haven't played nearly as much as I've played ultimate Alliance, but I've put a solid six hours into this. Um, and it's it's really well done. It's challenging. Am- I, what I found interesting about this one is ammo feels like it's more scarce. It's harder to find. Uh, also, what is really exciting about this, and I don't recall from either of the first two games, uh, there is an extensive upgrade system. Aesthetic-wise, your, your character, there's your mind, basically how you react to stuff. There's your body, basically how much health you have, how your strength is. And then there's um, your your guns. You can choose how to upgrade certain weapons. You can choose... There's really no shortage. But it, again, to me, it doesn't feel over- overwhelming. So this is a really, really fresh Wolfenstein experience, which really celebrates its past. There's a lot of familiar characters in the, the few hours that I've played already. And... I'm having a ball. It's it's a blast. Uh, I can't wait to jump into the actual co-op. It is drop in, drop out. Are you waiting for me? I am waiting for you. <laughs> um, I so interesting <laughs> about the dynamic. Lauren doesn't join you for that. You can't. Oh, I'm not allowed to play Wolfenstein when the the baby's up. There's okay, a lot that's of, that's uh, completely fair. That is completely fair. This is a vulgar. <laughs> to be fair, also Lauren does not like Wolfenstein. The that which I wouldn't care about so much, but I have a near one-year-old daughter which i would care about her seeing this that's completely fair in the first wolfenstein lauren uh, and i were just married and i was playing and she had walked in the room and it's when you knock the like the jaw off the one uh lady i can't remember her name right now but she's like what are you playing oh my gosh so uh, ever since that i say wolfenstein and she's basically spits no she's like oh gosh no no 
So yeah, it's it's graphic. It's it's very vulgar. Um, it's hilarious at times. But if uh, if you enjoy, if you enjoy an alternate world history and you enjoy shooters, this is a game for you. It's only thirty bucks. If you're like me, you still have that Best Buy membership. It's twenty three bucks. So can't go wrong there. But yeah, what I meant to say was switching back between Xbox One for Wolfenstein. And Marvel UA on the oh, Switch. Oh, yeah, we we laugh about I'm this a lot. Really good at. It. Oh, okay. Really I, I'm good. not. I'm never going to be. Like, so if you, if you're a gamer, you know, on the Switch, they they've rotated the the letter buttons on the right hand side just one letter off than you see on the Xbox. So the Xbox is in, the A is in the south position, on the Nintendo Switch Pro controller and the regular controller, it's in the east position. That makes a big difference between confirming and going back. Yeah, <laughs> I've only screwed myself a few times with it. As we've seen me trying to navigate the menus of Soul Calibur. Probably like that Soul Calibur was broken. We got a review <laughs> copy of it. He's like, what is going on? No, no, no. I, are you, you might be hitting the wrong button. I, now I understand. But think about this. I switch back and forth between those games. Yeah. I, it's very intense. I'm sure you ha- eventually just have to It's adjust. a new challenge. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new challenge altogether. But yeah, uh, it's 11 those games. Is there an achievement for that? You know, pop up on the Xbox Xbox Live. Get on Switch. Where is this? This was supposed to happen a long time ago. So one thing I want the Switch to have. I need an achievement system or trophy system. My gosh, I want one bad. Anyway, what else you playing, Jeff? Well, we're gonna see uh, if Fire Emblem Three Houses truly does take up eighty hours of my life, as the producer suggested. Um, I'm about ten to fifteen hours in, so I oh, you're fresh. Right, I could still be in the intro for all we know. um, But so far, I am really, really enjoying the game. It is incredibly involved. The the whole dynamic at the monastery, the, the premise for the game is that you're a professor at a military academy. Uh, you get a small group of students to start. You instruct them based on skills. Um, they're the only ones you lead into battle then. But it, it, it is as involved as you want it to be. So you can auto-instruct if you want, where you just let the game automatically enhance the skills and teach them attributes that you want but if you want to customize each and every last character based on their battle skills um, their different abilities and whatnot you can and if you do that you can be spending a whole lot of time just wandering the monastery talking to people looking up different combinations statistics attributes things like that i i mean i've probably spent more time doing that than i have actually in like missions I've probably spent more time in that hub world, the monastery, than I have completing battles. Is there actual, uh, like, physical combat, or is it turn-based? It's turn-based. Turn-based. It's gotcha, all turn-based, okay. like that, as Fire Emblem has always okay. been. Um, and you, you and I both laughed before the game came out when the producer who did that interview with I can't remember what it was a European magazine. I can't remember what though. Um, but, but he made the claim that he, maybe. But he made the claim that it could be 80 hours long, and you and I both balked at that. We were like, excuse me? Oh, man, I just instantly got exhausted. And, you know, like I said, I'm early on in this game, but I think that might be legit. Because the other thing, too, I'm playing on normal mode. There's a couple different difficulty settings you can use uh, when you start the game. Um, Normal and hard, but then also you can toggle permadeath or no permadeath. Oh, my gosh. Uh, permadeath has been a long-standing 
um, aspect of Fire Emblem games. It was kind of a shtick for the longest time. That that's what it was known for. Where you couldn't in older games you couldn't toggle that. So if one of your one of your characters died, that was it. You were either starting the mission over, going back to your last save point, or you were going on from there without Dude, that character. It's nuts. I'm playing without perma death on, and I'm playing on just normal mode because I'll be damned if I play a level for an hour and a half. Some of these some of the missions are very long. Some of the missions can take you an hour to an hour and a half. I'll be damned if I get through an hour and a half I get to the very end I get to the boss and one of my characters who I've been leveling, leveling up for the last 10 hours gets killed because I forgot that there was an archer in the far <laughs> corner of the level yeah no I can't I couldn't I'd be swearing up a storm so I, if you are playing on these with these harder difficulty settings it may very and you're taking advantage of all the different instructions and tutoring you can do in the game it may very well take you around 80 hours Dude, I bet. I bet that's generous. This game looks enormous from what I can tell so far. And it's very good. This this is a very, very good entry in the series from what I can see so far. You think you're going to last? Oh, yeah. All right. Um, right. Well, here's the other thing. I am determined to finish this before Astral Chain comes out on August 30th. Because once Astral Chain releases, September is basically over for me. There's going to be Damon X Machina after that two weeks. Uh, Link's Awakening remake a week after Damon X Machina, I think. Or maybe two weeks uh dragon quest 11 so i i need to get fire Emblem out of the way before this onslaught of games comes out there's no motivation more prominent in gaming i think than trying to finish a game before the next one comes right out. because then it just no you you just get inundated you can't miss no like you got to get there you're you're playing catch up for the rest of your life you may not play for three or four years if you don't <laughs> it's it's a scary feeling i it's funny i i bought dragon quest builders 2 kind of on a whim came out got really really good reviews i watched a couple more trailers i was like wow this actually looks good it's dragon quest but minecraft with an overarching story haven't even opened up the plastic yet (laughs) i I haven't even had the time to take off the plastic wrap i just i haven't been able to get to the game oh that's painful yeah that's tough i such is life um i i am playing i'm gonna give two titles here uh Crash Team Racing still plugging away on uh, on PS4. I, I bought this wonderful new orange PS4 controller. I didn't have a second one. I gotta see this. Oh, I, man. I haven't seen what this it's, looks like. It's pretty. It's a, it's, uh, it's a soft grip PS4 controller. I don't remember who made it, but it is an actual Sony controller with a, a coating on there, and um, I'm a big fan. I'm gonna have to put the link in the article for this. Uh, I'm also playing the Insane Trilogy, again, but on Switch. Um, I wanted that on my handheld really bad, and uh, I got it on sale for 20 bucks or 15 with my gaming membership at Best Buy, so I thought, why not? This, this is Arkham all over again. It is Arkham all over. buy it for every This was my possible. original Arkham. Um, speaking of which, I'm going to have to buy for PS4 we, at some point oh, next oh, time. I thought you were going to hint that we might be talking about that later. Uh, we, we will be. Oh, we will. We've got a few Arkham uh, bits to discuss a little bit later on in the show. But uh, yeah, so enjoying a little bit of both of those Crash Bandicoot titles here on both systems. What else you got? Anything? Yeah, um, it's not a brand new game. It's Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, but the um, the newest DLC character just came out, the hero from the Dragon Quest games, and it's really cool because oh, his, right. his different uh, costumes are the different versions of the hero from mainline entries throughout the series um so the the main costume is the the main character avatar whatever you want to call him from dragon quest 11 you can play as the one that is um seen in dragon quest 3 the one from dragon quest 8 i think the other ones from dragon quest 4 but it's kind of cool that instead of you know just a different color 
um, for the eight different costumes. Some of it are the different characters themselves. And he plays really fun. He's got all kinds of different uh, magical attacks. Um, and then whenever a DLC character comes out for Smash, he comes with a brand new level, um, brand new spirits, uh, sorry, spirit battles, um, a, no, a new go through classic mode. And then in addition to that, they, um, they added a tournament mode to the online component now. There's nothing like uh, a new character to kind of freshen up a game like that. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it's funny. It's like how much can one character make a difference in a roster of over 70 already? But he does. Yeah, if you, you played know. it a lot and you've played through all the characters, it's there's no telling. Just wait till Banjo and uh, Banjo and Kazooie. Yeah, are the next character fans are gonna be freaking out again. That's pretty awesome. I was happy about that announcement. One of my favorite things is going back to the video, the live reactions from the Nintendo store in New York City to their E3 <laughs> conference, and when Banjo Kazooie got review, uh, revealed, that the, the roof came off that building. That's a nice, nice uh, crossover. Yeah. I, I've, I've, into that big time it's so cool phil spencer said it was like nintendo approached him and asked him about it. he's like oh of course it's like that yeah. wasn't a hard decision at all they got a nice bromance they going do, on. i love i love the bromance between yeah. nintendo and it's, microsoft right now it's perfect hopefully sony gets involved in that at some point but right now i'm, I'm happy where it is right i'm good with that um on a uh, last game for me uh, also plugging away at uh, sniper elite v2 can't say enough nice things about it on the switch it is playable on the handheld again as always the pro controller is the way to go but uh looks nice plays fine and uh, sniper elite 3 ultimate edition is coming to the switch later this year uh, october 1st you can check out coverage of that including the launch trailer and some screenshots right at the geekiverse.com just search sniper elite 3 i don't know about you but i can't remember a summer that was this stacked for releases no and you know what i gotta say at least not in recent memory it feels like maybe we'll say differently just with the titles you've been getting but i feel like they're spaced out just enough just enough that you can either pick and choose without feeling overwhelmed like you used to have October and you'd get like everything coming out on one weekend. Right. That Oh, that's the worst. Uh, or... At least give me two weeks or so. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think it was Wolfenstein, Mario, and Odyssey, and then Assassin's Creed all on, on one day. Yeah. Um, if There was one other game I'm forgetting, but it was October 5th of that year. 2017. What'd you say? You said Wolfenstein, Mario Odyssey, Assassin's Creed. I'm missing a fourth one. There was was a, it Battlefield or Call of Duty? Because uh, it would have been late October. It wouldn't have been Call of Duty. It could have been Battlefield. Hold on. Yeah. We, we, I, I got to look this up now. Got to look that one up. But Sniper Elite, uh, they're doing... Uh, oh, so this is a quick, really nice yeah, story. Fill, fill in uh, for me while I'm... <laughs> I meant to bring this up. The uh, I never knew which system the original Sniper Elite came out for. I never pursued it. Never really looked at it. I thought it was just PC. So uh, Sniper Elite V2 came out in 2012. My dad really wanted to pick it up, so we did, and we've been fans ever since. So there's two, three, four. We're getting Sniper Elite VR soon, and they're uh, releasing the, the uh, as you can see, like two and three for the other systems. But we're at, uh, so my family and I are in vacation in Rhode Island. I always make it a point to try to find a comic book store, a local one, not you know like your Newberry Comics, which I love, but still. Uh, found a, a comic book store that happened to sell old video games. Awesome. And vinyl and cassettes, so everything. But their primary focus was comics. Right. So I'm looking at the original Xbox titles. I'm looking for Star Wars games. I'm looking in the S section. Don't you know what? I come across the original Sniper Elite. I did not know that this came out for the original Xbox. It came out for PS2 as well. Uh, Two-player game co-op, 28 missions. That's a lot for... Yes. A shooter. 2005. 
the year the 360 debuted as well. So this it was essentially a last gen title. That's a big first person shooter. That's longer than a lot today. This one totally fell under the radar. I've never seen this in person. I worked at GameStop. I never ever held this title in my hand. I've been to countless GameStops, uh, Oogie Games, different game stores. Never seen it. So I, awesome. I couldn't believe my eyes. Uh, I was so stoked to bring it over to my dad. Uh, Twelve bucks, <laughs> great deal. I would have paid probably a lot more. And uh, I can't wait to... It's not backwards compatible from what I understand. I do have my original Xbox. I'll plug that in at some point here and play. Uh, the original tagline for the game stemmed right from the original Sniper Elite, and it's one bullet can change history. Um, and that is because the game takes place uh, in history, in, in World War II. This one was actually, I think, the Cold War, and you play as a sniper, needless to say. So... Very, uh, I was very excited about that pickup. I bought my usual Star Wars comics, but I also bought Sniper Elite. So, so I got our answer. What's our answer? 2017, right? It was 2017, uh, October 27th is when Assassin's Creed. Why did I say October 5th? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. I don't know. If, no offense, but I feel like you've done that before. I've definitely you said it was earlier, and I was like, no, man, it's later. I always do. Whatever. So hang on, let me guess. So, so, so well, hold on. the 27th was Assassin's Creed Origins, Super Mario Odyssey, Wolfenstein 2. There was a very big game released three days before that. Okay, and then okay. There's a couple that came just a, a few days after. You said the 27th? The 27th is when Assassin's Creed Origin, Mario Odyssey, and Wolfenstein 2 all <laughs> okay. released. So, three days earlier, a very big game. 24th, 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 24th. I completely forgot about it. Um, not um, not uh, Battlefield well, 1. Well, okay, I'm sorry. Here's the other problem. This was only on Windows initially. Okay. So. Big game at the time? Or big game? Like, it was a big game. Overtime. Yeah. Okay. It was a big game. It was the Windows release in October. Uh, it was. It was in September for home console. So September. Okay. I'm kind of cheating now, but don't worry. There's some big games afterwards September. that definitely fit our narrative. Um, cooperative RPG shooter. RPG. Uh... I'm so bad at describing nine oh, Nintendo games. Oh gosh. <laughs> I think I'm further off the. Se- What's think, the first letter? Think of Adam. Okay, maybe not D. I don't know. Not fate, but I don't know. I have no idea. Destiny. Destiny oh, two. Oh, <laughs> I forgot all about Me Destiny. Too. All about it. But like I said, that was the Windows release of it. I, I think what we may have been thinking of so close to the other games, um, Call of Duty World War Two came out on November third. So six days later, which was great, and then Nile released on November seventh. Did it really? Yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. On Windows again. Okay. Ignore me. Okay. Call of Duty okay. definitely fits the narrative we're trying to. So Destiny here. Two was like instantly cheap. I remember, and then I bought. But wasn't it so much supposedly so much better than the original? Like, wasn't it supposed to be what the original intended to be? I don't know, man. I don't know if it got there. I okay. I mean. I didn't play it, so I, say I can't say. Both Destiny and Destiny Two are very, very good mechanical shooters. Like it's Bungie. Like yeah, they're great. Like the functionality is there. They're great. The, right. I I don't know if people are getting hung up on no story. I think right. that's it for some people, which was me at first. Destiny Two was much better. Okay. The other thing is, I think the the uh, looting just was awful. Like you had to really, really struggle in the first game, and the second game was better, but it just was kind of an empty shell. So, uh, is what it is, but yes, I would have never, but it was originally 
what september september 6th okay for the home councils i was just gonna say but the, the one we you and i were definitely thinking of but putting couldn't couldn't put a name to yeah. was call of duty world war Two. okay okay uh, so that's six a days, crazy little six days later jeez anything else to, uh, to mention that you're playing before we move on dude i don't have time for any other games man all right all right <laughs> so next segment here honoring the past we go back uh to 1999 and 2009 so uh 20 and 10 years respectively to see what releases came out during that month. So we're going to look at August of those years. Uh, let's lead off with 99. There's a little bit less to get to, but some some good games. Uh, first off, uh, System Shock 2, that I, yeah. huge title right there. Um, Precursor to Bioshock. Jet Moto 3 uh, for, for PS1. I, I played the heck out of um, with my friend Bardal. We played all over the place. And if... Madden NFL 2000, I, I feel like I may have. I do not... Oh, no, I had 01. Never mind. Um, and then another big title for me, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. That really launched a, a massive franchise for Activision back in the day. Um, I played a ton of Tony Hawk, and, and I think a lot of people thought uh, the series progressed with 2 and 3, but, man, that first one, those classic courses, I, I, I won't forget that one. I never realized how many people played the first two Tony Hawk games until just a couple years ago when I started seeing the memes on Facebook and other social media where it's like, you remember this level, or, like, if you've seen this before, your childhood was awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. Everybody remembers those hangar levels, the schoolyard. Oh, yeah. Do you remember, uh, I don't know how much you played, Tony Hawk 3, it was probably my favorite. Um, I don't know if I ever touched that one, unfortunately. The, the cruise ship was the best level for me. The The soundtrack, unbelievable. But you could re- you could play as Darth Maul in the game, <laughs> which was great. It was a, a cheat code, and you could be Darth Maul. I don't know what the, the crossover was there with Activision. I got this image in my head of Darth Maul doing a 720. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just I'm laughing. Oh, he could do much more than that. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. Any, anything notable in 99 for you, aside from what we mentioned? Command and Conquer, Tiberian Sun. I grew up in the Command and Conquer games, man. There weren't there weren't, a, there weren't too many games I was able to play on my old brick of a PC, but the Command and Conquer games were some of them, and I those are some of my favorite real-time strategies ever. Yeah, that's... Jeez, that's... Needless to say, been around forever, but got a following, and it, it's, it's still strong. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, if we flash forward to 2009, uh, <laughs> let's see here. I will, all right, we'll go chronologically. Um, you got a few in there, huh? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Trials HD on Xbox live arcade. That's a big deal. Trials is, is, is still very popular and it moved. It kind of graduated out of the, the arcade stage. Um, let's see. That's PSN only Madden NFL 10. Uh, for PS3, Xbox 360, me and Bart all played the heck out of this game. I don't know what it is. I feel like there's a, I get an NFL game every five to ten years, and I just play it, play it, play it. Um, I might be due for one, but uh, that we it was funny. We we're trying to reminisce and remember the cover before looking, and we did. It was uh, Troy Polamalu and Larry Fitzgerald, uh, which was kind of a notable cover because there were two cover athletes. Yeah. Because uh, the premise of that game was really kind of built around offense versus defense. Uh, that was kind of their shtick that year. Uh, You're picking up on that word, aren't you? Shtick. I am. Wolfenstein, PS3 and Xbox 360, August 18th. Shadow Complex, very popular. Yeah, Shadow Complex was cool, especially for 
people who grew up playing like Contra and the old school Metroid games. That that was a really fun love letter to those those older 2D shooters. Metroid Prime Trilogy, August 24th for the Wii. Yeah. So remake of the, the trilogy. I want that on... I want a remake on A lot Switch. of people want that. From You know what else I'd really like? Dude, Metroid Prime 4. I'm still salty know, about that. I know, but they did the right thing. They, they, they did, but I'm still salty. I know, I know, but it's better than getting a crappy version. It's true. They hit a rush with the studio. They it's didn't want true. doing it. So with the reason I want a trilogy is I've never played. Right. I'm uh, the latest Nintendo adopter in that I, I got back into Nintendo. This is perfect for myself and millions of other players. They're beautiful games. I will die on the hill that the Metroid Prime trilogy is the best set of three games in history. Oh, interesting. All right. I may need to take a note for that. So <laughs> hang on. Because this is going to spur a fun debate like, like, later. Like Zelda, you know, for example, Zelda is the better series, but no three games from Zelda are probably better than the Metroid Prime. So, trilogy. like, there's there's no cut in the fat, no the subpar be, yeah. title. It's these three are the best it, three, and that's... I, I think I'm going to die on that hill. That trilogy is phenomenal. All right. Well, that being said, we'll move into a game that spawned my favorite trilogy, um, man, I've been waiting all year to talk about this. August 25th, 2009, Batman Arkham Asylum. We've talked at length about this title throughout a lot of different episodes for, for Geek Scott Cabe, but I always love going back, thinking about that title. Um, I found out about it. I was in Cleveland that summer. I didn't know this game was coming out, and I saw a Joker cutout, not terribly unlike the one I have in the, the uh, studio here. And we talk about the one of you or the actual Joker? No, the, the, okay. actually me, yeah. No. So there was one outside GameStop, and I'm like, what is this? We're doing a, a terrible knockoff game after like, a year after Dark Knight came out. And I was like, they're just trying to capitalize on this. It's going to be a terrible tie-in game. Nobody and it was knew, supposed to be. Nobody knew the studio at the time. Rocksteady. Little-known studio called Rocksteady comes out of nowhere and they were, takes the world yeah. by storm um, with uh, my second favorite game of all time, uh, many people's favorite superhero uh, games, the the uh, Arkham City, its sequel, just got passed, actually, by last year's Spider-Man game is the best-selling superhero video game of all time. Really? 22 million copies for Spider-Man PS4. Are you serious? Yes. Isn't that incredible? That's an absurd... Yeah. It's been a good year for Spider-Man. That's an absurd number. Think about this. I got I... So, I mean, not that I don't believe you, but I got to see this. I would like I... to see the comparables. I don't know if there's Ooh. just a general list, but it passed Arkham City, that's I believe. That's a crazy sales number for an, for an exclusive. Exclusive. No right. So that's Ar- not even multi-platform. The other thing is Arkham City is out on a lot of platforms, and it has been re-released numerous times. So, I'm genuinely blown, uh, blown away right now. The power of PlayStation, man. Right now, it's hot. Like, Death Stranding, it's going to kill it this fall. Oh, yeah. Um, but... So, yeah, but is anybody gonna under- understand what's going on in that? Because I still don't know. No, but are the PlayStation fanboys and girls gonna care? Come on, no. So, I don't even Pavlok. I never look at collector's editions of games unless they're Star Wars. I looked at the Death Stranding collector's edition, and I was like, "That's freaking cool." Well, I'm not gonna get it, but I looked at it. So, Spider Man has had an incredible year. Starting with where did you see the twenty-two million number? Uh, bear with me. Let's see if I have the link. 
Spider-Man PS4 sales. I got them somewhere. And if I don't have it, I'll pull it up later. So we had Spider-Man, the game, September of last year. We had Endgame. We had Far From Home. And then uh, yeah, also in the middle there, you know what else we had? The uh, oh, Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, Spider-Verse. So ah, I can't find the link. I hey, I'll I'll have to post it in the article after just due to time here, but it it did recently, nevertheless, become the greatest selling superhero video game of all time. Uh, well, regardless of whatever the number is, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's it's a, it's kind of amazing. That's a big achievement. So Arkham Asylum, it you know it brings the character the the cast of. In, in writing crew, honestly, from the animated series back in the 90s, reinvigorates the the superhero video game franchise as a, as a whole. Not just for Batman, but for other series out there. And, and you know, Marvel wasn't king yet when it, it came to the big screen. But, man, I, uh, there's, a, there's a lot I could say about Arkham Asylum. Uh, that's, that's my favorite look-back game that we've had so far. Um, I think that was it for me for the rest of the month, actually. Uh, you could get Tomb Raider 2 on PSN, which is a downloadable title, uh, back to the original from the 90s. So that was kind of cool. Uh, anything else on the list for the month stick out to you that we didn't cover? No, I think we nailed all the pertinent stuff. Good stuff. Uh, we're going to jump into the, the news segment here of Geek's Got Game. Uh, just a few items on the list to get to today. Uh, first off, this news actually dropped this week. Uh, today, the uh, August 5th that we're recording this, Darksiders 2 Definitive Edition, which is a, a terrible title, but I understand what they're going for. They're punny. Wait, uh, w- what's the name of it again? Not definitive, but definitive, like death. All right, all right. I appreciate it. And, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to chuckle or not at that. <laughs> I don't know if I should laugh. If I should cry. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> it's coming out September 26th on Nintendo Switch. All of the DLC, uh, which I believe all said is a little over 30 hours. Anyway, um, I've never jumped in this series. It's something I've always wanted to. So maybe this will be kind of my starting point. Have you ever played any of the Darksiders games? Yeah, they're fun. I think that's honestly a lot of the reaction for a lot of people. Good enough well, sales numbers to keep the series moving. Let me put it this way. Darksiders often tries to be a full-fledged action-adventure game where there's like puzzle-solving and platforming. It doesn't do the puzzle-solving and platforming well. It does combat very well. Gotcha. But like... You know, if you're talking about full-fledged, diverse action game, it, it's not touching Zelda. Like, it, it tries to be Zelda with some of that platforming and puzzle-solving, and those mechanics just never really pan out. Well, if you, but combat, very, very good in the games. I if, would say that. If you, you own X, Xbox One, you can get those games really cheap. Uh, sometimes, uh, I believe they still may be on Game Pass. I, I don't know if, if they're removed or not, but those were available for a long time, if not. Uh, item number two... The rights to Alan Wake, the popular franchise uh, from man a few years back now, we're talking 2010 on uh, on the Xbox 360. It was exclusive to that at the time. Uh, 
the rights have gone back to Remedy, which is the game that created, or the studio that created the game. What does that mean for the series moving forward? Well, for one, they can re-release Alan Wake on other systems. So you could see an Alan Wake port to Switch, to PS4, a remastered edition on Xbox One. I bet you that means it's coming to, to Switch and PS4. I mean, Switch is the perfect device for it, as I say with a, a lot of games. It also means they can do Alan Wake 2. Which I know you want. So for the, Just a little bit. And you know what? I'd be fine if I never got it. That is a game that I'm fine if they just left it alone. Uh huh. But I'd be lying if I, I said I wouldn't be extremely excited if that was dropped tomorrow in terms of announcements. So uh, their new game, Remedy's new game, Control, is coming out uh, in looks, just a few weeks. Looks great. I, I can't wait to get... That's my next game. That'll be my, my next game here in August. And uh, they released Quantum Break, which uh, I really enjoyed a few years ago on Xbox One. It is criminally underrated. Get your hands on it. Uh, if, you, if you have Game Pass, it's free. And then uh, they did release a spinoff of Alan Wake called American Nightmare, which was okay. A little bit repetitive, but it was on Xbox Live Arcade back in the day. So uh, that being said, this is super exciting for me. Uh, the, the, in an interview a few years ago, the studio said that Alan Wake 2 didn't exist because Microsoft didn't want it. Well, they've kind of freed that slate to do that now. What do you think that means to see a, a title of such prominence like that go from Microsoft back to a stu- the studio that made it? I wonder why Microsoft didn't want it. Like, what were sales like for that? I don't know. I, I find like, it surprising that they didn't. But, right. I mean, they've spent a freaking lot of money in the last year on, on buying studios. Yeah. To have the rights to this already and, and maybe say, hey, can, can we do this? I don't know. Maybe they had a publishing deal as well because yeah. Quantum Break was exclusive to Microsoft. Control is not. It's coming to PS4. True. So maybe there's something there that we, we don't, you know, you and I don't know about, I should say. Uh, number three, Walking Dead Definitive Edition is coming. So Telltale's The Walking Dead. Uh, even though Telltale is no longer a studio, Skybound has taken over those properties. You can get all four seasons of The Walking Dead in addition to the DLC uh, physically and digitally for forty nine ninety nine. Some interesting addition additions. This is from GameInformer.com. Uh, you can do the graphic black style that allows you to play every episode with a distinct look, more true to the comic book style it was based on, as well as 10 hours of developer commentary, art galleries, and over 140 music tracks. That's got to be really cool because the comics, if you've ever seen them, no color. It, it's all like yeah. gray shading. I uh, I there's I'm very tempted to to go back and pick this up. I don't know. I don't want it for full price. I think I want to wait for a good sale for it. I'll bet you that looks really cool. I bet you it oh, does. Wow. Uh, there is a teaser online, especially motion and all that. Like that uh, I have not looked at yet, but there there is a video link that you you can check out. Um, I, again, Telltale's Walking Dead very close to me uh, in terms of or close to my heart in terms of some of my favorite gaming experiences. So. I've got to finish the fourth season. I, I heard uh, some mixed reviews about it, but I'm two episodes away. Uh, fourth on the list, we've got Cuphead coming to Netflix in the form of a TV show. So this is kind of exciting. That's a match made in heaven. It, it really is. Oh, that's going to be perfect. A Netflix original series, The Cuphead Show. I don't know if we've got a, a release window on this yet, but uh, Studio MDHR, who created the game, is going to be involved. They are not the whole thing uh though this is very exciting 
it will be hand drawn. That's so cool. That's gonna be just I. It, it's good. Like I said, match made in heaven. That is just such a perfect way to do this. Got to be authentic, right? Oh yeah. Uh, I, I'm excited for this. I feel like we're on the cusp of seeing more and more video games get animated series. It, well, Cuphead getting it now. Um, there's the Devil May Cry one coming out. Uh, Castlevania has been hugely successful for Netflix. It, it, video games have occasionally seen anime ad, like adaptations over in Japan, but Western studios have very rarely touched it, I feel like. And I think with the high-quality stuff that's coming out now, it's it's going to pick up here in, in the future. Uh, apparently, there you know there's always been talk of an Assassin's Creed animated series on the way. So I, I think... You know, now that games, especially now that games are taken more seriously as an art form universally, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see more high quality productions, especially in the animation field. Assassin's Creed, speaking of which, didn't do so well on the the big screen a few years ago. Unfortunately, that feels tailor made for a Netflix like show to me. Do eight, nine episodes, follow, you know, your assassin. If that does well, and let's say there's a second season, it follow a new assassin, right? Very much like the video. I think it it's such a well known entertainment name now. It almost, almost, not quite, but in the same circle as like a Call of Duty. Uh, I think you you've got something there. But yeah, Cuphead. I love the art style. I love the animation. I love the old school feel of it. Right, that, that old grainy, 1930s, yeah, that grainy yeah. kind of sheen to it. I I don't know if I have the patience to jump in. It's next on my list of indie games. We've talked about this on on the show. I wanted to play more small games this year. That's next. Uh, I don't know if I've got the patience for it. I get mad very quick in games nowadays. My my time. It feels like if I'm going to play a game, I want to enjoy it. I don't know if that's going to be the one for me, but I, I tell you, it's it's very well beloved. Uh, last news item on the list, number five here. Uh, this may or may not be a shock to you, but a few weeks back, the Batman Arkham Collection, uh, so the three Rocksteady games, it's Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight, uh, will allegedly be coming this September. However, we do not have any sort of confirmation on this for North America. Uh, we see that it looks like this is probably coming to Europe. I can't imagine that this is not coming here. This is a little bit older article now. We're covering about a month's worth of news here. I'm disappointed that it's not coming so that we know of yet to the Switch because this is one of my hopeful E3 predictions was that we were going to get an Arkham collection in lieu of the Arkham Asylum 10-year anniversary. But that's just going to be one more reason to buy the collection. You get all the DLC uh, some extra, I think, exclusive skins that you you maybe weren't able to get in the previous editions of the games before. Uh, but more Arkham is is good for me. And as always, I have the the one question that's on clearly everybody's mind: Rocksteady, what are you doing? What are you working on? I don't know. I know we've been asking that for years, and I and I, up, and I really really want to know already. We should start coming up with some wild theories. I think that would be fun. Just crazy predictions that couldn't be more off the wall. Maybe we'll start that next show. All right, that's the news for this week. We're going to get into kind of just a little bit of discussion here towards the end of the show on um, Mario Maker. So, Pavlak, maybe uh, I'll have you lead off on this, but we want to talk about. Maybe not some of the ethics so much, but just general opinion on this topic. Well, Mario Maker 2 has really kind of transcended being a video game into almost this like social media platform where 
your options for creating these games are so broad and so vast. You can make a level that you would never you would never think it was going to be a Mario level. There's so many people out there that are making levels that have nothing to do with platforming. They're not challenging. They're meant to be experienced or watched more than actually played. It's like these like moving memes almost. Um, and one of the things that caught my eye recently was that uh, this was a report from uh, Polygon, also Go Nintendo got in on this. Um, a couple of companies, including Wendy's and Arby's, have made levels that are just straight advertising for their brands. Um, Wendy's made one level called Frosty World 1-1, another one <laughs> called, and we both laughed at this, it's a really funny name, Rust in Grease. <laughs> Arby's had a level where Mario... Um, fights enemies that are meant to symbolize like healthy food choices and things like that. Um, but just something you would never imagine happening. You're going into Mario Maker thinking, oh, I'm going to play a level that has, you know, tricky jumps and hazards and, you know, giant enemies to fight. And yet some people are using the toolkit for just to completely subvert all expectations of what you would think you'd find on this game. Um, that brings up a lot of, like you said, some ethical questions then. Um, it was, I remember when I brought this up in our Geekiverse Slack chat, one of our fellow members immediately said, that sounds disgusting to me. Personally, I'm, I don't have anywhere near as much vitriol for this you know, implementation as other people do. See, I kind of thought you did, which is why no. I positioned this a little. Um, my thought is, so th- these Wendy's and Arby's levels. Yes. Like... There are thousands of levels oh, to choose yeah. from, I let alone they, making your own. Actually, more. I think Nintendo, a couple weeks ago, announced that they hit a milestone. It was like over 2 million levels were uploaded okay, within so, a couple weeks of release. So, yeah, it's more than thousands. My thought is, you know, to each their own with their opinion, Wendy's and, and Arby's here, you don't have to play those levels. It's not a part of the game, correct? Yes and no. You, okay. I'll, I'll get to this in a second. I, I'll let you finish, but okay. yes and no to that. They're not, I would imagine, posting any um, any content that's inappropriate. Right. We'll say, right? Right. Which They're, is out there. Right. No doubt. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. Um, and to a point, it sounds almost playful. It, it is. And if you're not trying to sell your own brand and you're not trying to go into markets that you haven't ventured into before, maybe they, you know, Arby's and Wendy's haven't gone into gaming as this. Are you really trying? So from a business standpoint, I have no problem with it. Um, now to your point or, you know, talking about, do you have to play it? What's the answer there? Well, yeah, it's a yes and no. Um, when you want to download a level or just searching through the lists of levels to play, you get to pick and choose. Okay. In other game modes, you don't you don't get to pick and choose. So if you're playing either um, the competitive multiplayer or what's eventually going to be the co-op multiplayer, as well as the endless mode where you just play as many levels as you can with a limited amount of lives, it's totally randomized. So okay. whatever's uploaded, you're just getting one of those you know couple million levels. Again, I don't take issue with you know major companies advertising like this because that's what it is. They're, they're, they're not doing this. Let's be serious. They're not doing this because they want to explore their creativity. 
and play by. No, it's, They're doing it's it all business, but I, I think that's okay. Right. I don't take too much an issue with it. I just knew as soon as I saw this story that it would be an interesting topic and sure. that some people would have much more passionate opinions about it than I would. I think it's hard to lock out content unless it is directly inappropriate, whether right. that's graphic violence or maybe certain adult... Because kids are going to play this game, oh, whether yeah. that's adult themes, you know. Yeah, and then, then that's... Uh, the you know fascinating perhaps dark side of super mario maker like i said it's become this kind of social media platform where people's imaginations are just kind of allowed to run wild there's been levels that are definitely not appropriate sure Um, but they're being monitored to an extent yes right um there was one in particular i've never seen it i've only read about it it was supposedly it, it basically recreated the assassination of um, JF, John F. Kennedy. Jeez. It didn't last long. Nintendo took it down right away. What um, is wrong with... But, but uh, stuff yeah. like that is out there. Yeah. Um, there's been levels that had Mario like in the military. Okay. And people question if that's disrespectful, respectful, you know, All right. how, how that is handled. Um, and then you know, this just brings up the whole issue of, you know, how, how do you monitor this stuff? Because Nintendo has been through this before. Um, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate has a level maker. And some people were making levels that were purporting some kind of political agenda. Okay. I've seen levels that were from one side of the aisle and some that were from the other, aisle, the other side of the aisle. Um, some levels stay up, others get taken down. And this applies to you know, all sides of political thinking. Sure. Um, and you know, what's tough for Nintendo is that like a retail chain, there is no one individual person looking at every single thing that's uploaded. It's impossible. You have moderators that are doing this. So yeah. one moderator could look at a level and say, oh, that's that's fine. We're going to keep that up there. That And then another one could look at it and say, well, I'll, no, that's got to get deleted. Sure. So depending on which moderator looks at the level, it may stay up. It may get taken down. But it's just, it's kind of like a Pandora's box. When you when you hand off the toolkit to the masses, yeah. you don't know what you're going to get. And it's so accessible. Uh, it's it's tough. It's funny. Like, I'm thinking, even though I'm, you know, a, a relatively new parent, like, I think about, like, I don't know, that's going to be in your kid's hands, kind of, you know, you got to, as a parent, you're not only trying to shield your your own eyes, I guess, as a person, but you're you're thinking about what are they going to be playing as well? Yeah. Like what what do you want them exposed to, in terms of content like that? So it really begs an interesting question. But you gotta you gotta keep an eye on stuff. Yeah, and and then you know to to the positive side of it, I've seen some super super creative stuff in Mario Maker. One level that maybe has some darker undertones, but is ultimately harmless is. I believe it was called the interrogation where you walk into a house and there's a table, two chairs. There's a Goomba sitting across the table from you. Just one Goomba just sitting there doing nothing. The point of the level is to sit there for long enough until the Goomba gives you a key to ultimately finish the level. However, if you kill the Goomba before he, that you know time is up, you can't finish the level. It's just the level's done. Like you, oh you're pretty, like, you pretty much have a game over. It sounds like a blast. But I love right, that. It's just, like that whole concept. You just have to. It, 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 um, I think the tagline was just um, a Goomba and his thoughts, or something like that, or like Mario and his thoughts, or, or something like that. I like that. But like the like the really really 
outlandish concepts like that are really cool. Yeah, that sounds it's super creative. <laughs> right. And like I said, that's another example where there's really no gameplay there. Like you're not jumping over hazards or obstacles. Dude, it's not what you expect out of Mario. It's basically a, a moving meme at that point. That that Goomba level you just mentioned kind of reminds me of Gone Home. Uh, right. <laughs> you can finish the game in under a minute. You walk in the house, you, you know where to go and you can you just you find the page you're meant to, to, to see. Or you can take as long as you want and explore the house, read everything, look in all the drawers, look at see, try to figure out what happened. There's the different pathways in the house. I love that. I love that line of thinking in gaming. I think it's it's fascinating. And you know, I, I often wonder does Nintendo have any idea that they were going to see levels like that? I mean, this is the sequel, so and I know there were some really crazy stuff on the original Super Mario Maker, but I, I'm curious to know just how often they're surprised by the creativity that's on display in a game like this. Because it's nuts. I think I make fun, you know, enjoyable levels, and then I see what other people make online, and it, <laughs> I feel like a complete dunce. Like they, some of the the creativity and imagination that's on display in these fan made levels is just off the charts. Yeah, I'm sure you're not alone on that. Uh, it's and I think it'd be exciting as the games, whether you're on the development team or or on the sales side of things, to get it out to the public and say, show us what you got. You know, I think it's it's probably mind blowing in some cases to say, oh my gosh, they did that with our game. I'd love, oh yeah, I'd love right. To, you know, kind of see that that play through. So. I, I guess my in in kind of summary here, my closing thought is it's fine for companies to to do stuff on there. Um, doesn't bother me so much. Of course, I I've, I've not played the game, so it's easy for me to say that. Uh, I think as long as Nintendo keeps an eye on things and there's uh, there's a relative consistency to it, there's nothing inappropriate. I think you're, you're probably okay. And I mean inappropriate, like I said before, maybe like a graphic nature, right? Adult themes, yada yada. So. It's just, like I said, I'm so fascinated at what Super Mario Maker and its community have become. It's it's so much more than a video game at this point. It That's is, a platform. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a creative outlet, a social media platform at this point. And it really shows that, you know, you know there's more to video games than just the immediate gameplay. There's, there's so many different ways for a video game to be a video game. I don't get it out. Doesn't I, it doesn't have to challenge you. To it me. doesn't have to include combat action. It doesn't have to con- include the traditional pillars of video games from what we've always known all these years, all these decades. It's um, there's so many different experiences out there. Yeah, and in the scheme of things, we've got a young industry. We're just getting started here, so uh, it's exciting uh, to say the least. But we want to hear your thoughts on on any of the topics we talked about today. Um, you know, in particular with Mario Maker, what do you think of uh, the quote unquote ethics of it? Are you okay with companies creating levels for the game? Uh, we want to hear your thoughts at facebook.com slash the Gigaverse. As always, there's a lot going on with Geekiverse. We're going to have some events coming up in the fall uh, that we are proud to be uh, either sponsoring or just a part of. Uh, we'll save that for a later date. But uh, Jeff will will wrap things up where people can find you on social media, what you can plug for the Geekiverse. I am on Twitter at Jeffrey Pavs. You can find me on Instagram as well, Jeff Pavlak. Um, Going with the Super Mario Maker theme, myself and a couple other members on the Geekiverse, we've played this game a lot. We've enjoyed it. We've made levels and uploaded them to the web. Um, I'm going to put a bunch of them together, um, get them on the website, uh, we want to show the, we want to show the Geekiverse community what we made, but then we also want to see what the Geekiverse community has made. So hopefully we can um, 
get everybody to start opening up and talking about the levels they've made because I'm very proud of the levels I've made um, and I'm sure that there are plenty of Geekiverse followers who have enjoyed the game and would love to show off some of what they made. So hopefully we can get a, get a little topic going about this. Absolutely. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Josiah D. Leroy. Uh, you can find me talking about uh, hopefully a Rasmus Ristolainen and Sabres trade shortly as well as uh, lots of video games here. You want so, him to get sent packing? I... Uh, only if they're going to get a second line forward. Yeah. I'm not in a rush to get rid of them. Same. But it's got to be something good. We're they getting also in have return. to do something because okay. they're $3 million over in the cap right now. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Thank God we didn't pay Allmark $2.5 million. I know. And they got McCabe at a good deal, I think, they too. They did. I, I would say so, too. It's good. So maybe maybe a buyout's coming. Uh, I happen to think a trade's coming because I also thought they were going to pursue Jake Gardner a little bit. But time will, time will tell. We like hockey here at the Geekiverse. Uh, so for me, what can I plug at the website? Uh, I actually wrote a bunch of articles last week. Most notably, and this one's getting a lot of traffic and a lot of uh, social media love and hates, uh, which was really my goal. I didn't want to spread division, but hey, this is my honest truth. The nine, uh, not the nine, these are nine uh, underappreciated comedies from the, the 2000s. So comedies I thought, were relatively good, not not the best comedy you've ever seen, but were not appreciated whether it was review score or the box office. Uh, it's, it's it's creating some fun conversation right now. Um, also, a few weeks ago, kind of exciting for me. Who am I kidding? It was very exciting. I, I got to uh, go on uh, Howard and Jeremy, uh, WGR. It's a local radio station in Buffalo, uh, WGR 550. So it's the, it's the home of the Buffalo Sabres, home of the Buffalo Bills. I listened to these guys forever jeremy white was a guest on our show just a few months back i got to talk about san diego comic-con for a few minutes on his show on the radio um so that was very exciting you can listen to the clip at uh the radio.com app just search wgr 550 and go back a few weeks you can hear that uh, we have merch available, new merch all the time, especially as we get into the fall months here at the geekiverse.storeenv.com. That's one E in store envy. You can get shirts uh, for as little as nine ninety nine currently. Uh, actually, over 20 selections to choose from. We'd, uh, we'd really appreciate that support. And as always, if you go to patreon.com slash thegeekiverse, you can go there and subscribe to us on a number of levels. For as little as a dollar a month, you are supporting what we do here, not just in Buffalo, uh, but nationally from what we can do for pop culture, for movies, uh, for video games, for comics, for geeks everywhere. Uh, we're trying to create a little bit more of a community as we move towards uh, the end of 2019. So as always, Jeff, uh, we need Patreon to do a number of things. But by your subscription, your dollar that goes to Patreon, it helps the Geekivers do this specifically. Keep the lights on. You got to keep those lights on. As always, the cliche is true. Your support goes very far. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Geekivers. You got any rapping thoughts? All right. It's good to be back. It's good to that, be back. That's my rapping thought. It is good to be back at this again. I was very excited when we booked this. Uh, it feels good to get behind the mic again. For Jeff. I'm Josiah. Thank you very much for listening to Geek Scott Game. We love you. God bless. Have a wonderful night. We'll see you in a few weeks for the next episode.
You guys are alone, and I'm skipping like a broken. 